So today's daf is Peidalev, and we pick up in the middle of Peigimel Amud Bet, um, and um, we're dealing with this, again, strange position of Rebbe Eliezer, that a woman could be uh, divorced vis-a-vis everybody but not one person, a whole list of ways in which the Tanaim after his death responded to it, um, and um, we can pick up with, uh, let's pick up with Heishu Reb Shem Ben Now this is, um, you know what? All right, we're going to do it. We'll do it quickly. We're it's bo- very contemporary with all those news stories about, like, hunting lions in Africa, not killing dead lions. And all, that all right, if you say so. Anyway, we're going to pick up with, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll pick up a little bit before just to get the context, but it's about a third of the way down, so we're going to read quickly. Line starts with the word achrina, about uh, 20 lines down, gufa. Okay, and now we tell a new position of Reb Shimon Lezer. Doesn't say you can marry anybody except for Ruvain. Okay, fine, she married someone else. But it's almost only Skarsha, and she was divorced to widowed from this other guy she married. Um, in that case, Shimuteris Lizeshin Asralov. In that case, she can go back and move marry Ruvain. Why? Because when he says you're married to ev- ex- divorced from everybody except to Ruvain, means vis-a-vis Ruvain, you're still my wife. Okay, it wasn't an almanac, it was a chutz. So she goes ahead and she marries somebody else, she marries, I don't know, you know, Fred or Charlie or whatever, then that completely, now she's no longer a little bit the first guy's wife. She's completely Fred's wife. And therefore, Fred dies. She, she's completely muttered to everybody. There's no remnant of a, the previous marriage. Once a new marriage comes along, it completely supplants the first marriage. So that's the logic there. Okay? So now we're going to see some responses. Um, so gave a response. He said, one minute. How could it be the first guy said you're forbidden to Ruvain? Comes along the second guy and marries her and makes her permissible to Ruvain. So the Gemara says, Well, oh, what? You can never have that? That somebody else undoes what the first person did. How about a case of a, uh, you know, of a sister in law? The Baal Oser, the husband who married her, made her forbidden on, um, on you know, and then he died. So basically, uh, made it forbidden on the uh, on the rest of the world, you know, because there's a mitzvah yibum now. She can't just go ahead and marry anybody. The yabam matir, and the yabam comes and he does chalitza, and now he makes it permissible on the rest on, on everybody else. So the Gemara says one minute. Hasam yabam who law. No, no, no. The, the husband didn't make her forbidden on everyone else. The, bro- the brother-in-law made her forbidden. Why? The imibal hashar yivakaima. If it was just for the husband, the husband died, and there'd been no brother brother-in-law, then she could marry anyone. It's the existence of the brother-in-law that creates the Zika, that creates the problem vis-a-vis other people, and then the brother-in-law can undo it by doing chalitza. Okay, so that's not a good example. Okay, one minute. Harei Nidarim, how about a vow? To know their Oser, the one who makes the vow makes it, uh, uh, something forbidden on himself. The Chacham Matir and the sage makes it permissible. So somebody else is permitting something that I forbade. So Mrs. says, no. Because no, the only way the sage undoes my vow is he gets me to articulate remorse for having made the vow. So what it turns it into with his assistance, I am, re- I can't do it on my own, but with his assistance, I am retroactively making that previous vow one of a tot, an error. Now I have remorse for it. But ultimately, I need his help. But I'm the one who's undoing my vow. Okay. So one minute. Hare Hafara. How about the fact that the husband can void uh, the vow of his wife? The Isha Noderis, the woman makes the vow, and the husband voids it. And that's not based on an idea of charata. The husband just says, I don't stand for this, and he voids it. So the husband says, no. That also, ultimately, the woman is undoing her own vow. Why? Like what Pinchas says in the name of Rava. Anybody who makes a vow, anytime a woman makes a vow, it's implicitly with the understanding that her husband's okay with it. Which is funny, because if that was really true, you didn't need the Torah's institution of Hafaris Nadarim. But it's saying that at some level, this is not somebody really overriding. This is really based on a presumption that the woman doesn't want the vow to be binding if the husband isn't okay. But you don't have a case where somebody else, I wanted to remain remarried, you know, 
us married to me vis-a-vis Ruvain, and you're going to come along and marry my ex-wife and make her permissible to Ruvain. You're going to contravene the thing that I made forbidden. Yes. Do you think that in the case of Nadarim vis-a-vis the Chacham or the presumption about the husband, we understood those two ideas when we were learning the Durham? Well, they did come up. They were mentioned in passing. <laughs> certainly no. Certainly the Harata, but that was no. That was central to the idea of, of a Hataras Nidarim, which is a whole process of getting the person to express right, remorse right. and seeing Yipatos right. and so on. So it's slightly different to see that the Chacham is basically the instrumentality. Yeah, I think that idea did come up more more by Harata than it did by uh, by, by Hafaras Habal, which seemed to really just more be an override. But right. yeah. I mean, look, the Gemara is going to... Yeah, I don't think... Look, I don't think the Gemara is committed to this way of framing it. I think it's a way of pushing back, you know, about like, uh, you know, like the Gemara will, will, will give this as an answer here. It's not, obviously, it's not the only way to frame these issues. All right? So now the Gemara says like this. Um, okay. Um, okay, so that was the end. Anyway, that was a parenthetical thing about how Rebbe Eliezer could allow for another marriage with supplant the first one and then she become permitted. But now we're going to go back to the challenges about Rebbe Eliezer's position altogether. So So back to his fundamental position that you can say So Rebbe Eliezer says you can't say it has to be a book of divorce, severance. It has to sever the two of them completely. Okay. Now the rabbis, now it doesn't here mean who are the rabbis. It means why did all the other rabbis, since if you remember, the Rebbe said that this position of Rebbe Lezben that was the strongest one. It was simple, short and sweet, to the point. What are you going to say? Divorce has to be complete. So why did all the other rabbis give all their other more complicated, you know, uh, critiques of Rebbe Eliezer? Why didn't they just simply quote this Pasuk? So what do they do with the Pasuk of Chrysus? Ha Chrysus Mayavdi Bewe, what do they do with it? Mean by Lilikhatani, like we saw in the Braisa. Thank you so much. I really need this this morning. Oh, if you don't, on the condition you never drink wine, on the condition you never go to your father's house, ain't a creature. That's not creature. Because that's a condition that binds her forever to her husband. But, Shloshim Yom, if you just make a condition for 30 days, Hareza Kritut, then that is a severance. Okay, now which is very funny, but you could say, for me, what Kritus means is it can't be a condition that, that is, hovers, hangs over her head for her whole life and binds her to her husband her whole life. I don't understand. And Chutzmi Ruvain is not something that hangs over her head her whole life, unless you say, no, like he's totally free vis-a-vis everybody else. As opposed to this case, which is even vis-a-vis everyone, there's always something hanging over her head that it might retroactively be undone. Okay? But yes, we can, we, they, Christus in theory could allow for Chutzmi Ruvain. The Idach, so we have a lesbian that says Christus cannot allow for a Chutzmi Ruvain case. What does he do? Mikaris Christus Nafka. It could have said Karet, it says Kritu tells you two elements. One is it can't be a condition that's constantly hovering over her head, and the other is it can't exclude anybody. Okay, the Idach and the other rabbis, Karis Christus Lodarshi, they're not, you know, they're not impressed by the language of Karis Christus. They think you can only exclude one case. So if they're going to reject Rabbi Eliezer, it's not going to be on the basis of the language of Kritut. It's going to be based on the other arguments that were proffered yesterday. No, Karis Christus means it could have said Karet, and it says Kritut to tell you to tell you a double exclusion. Okay, Amar Rava. So that's the end of at least for now the the immediate like critique of Rabbi Eliezer's position. Now says Rava. Do you, I'm sorry. Yeah. Do you think that they're reading? Is it a drusha that it could be a plural word like kritot, like a double? Mm, I don't think so. I think the Gemara, just in general, when makes an argument that if something could have be said in a slightly simpler form, the more complex form tells you two things. Okay. Um, now we're going to have a little digression about the about the about the condition that that is always over her head that's not considered kritut. So if she says on the condition you don't drink wine for 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 all of my life, that's not good. Koyimichayi ploni for all of uh, some stranger's life, 
Ruvain's life, because Ruvain's life not, won't necessarily be over her head for her whole life. Ruvain could die. So therefore, it's not considered to be a condition that does not fully sever. Because as soon as Ruvain dies, you're free from the condition. So the Gemara says, one minute. Why is Ruvain's life not considered to be an, eter- an eternal condition? The Dilma Mois. Maybe Ruvain will die. Umekaimi leilitznai, and then the condition will be satisfied. So chayidi deinami diamamoyis umekaimi leilitznai. So if the husband says, as long as I live, that's not going to be over her head her whole life. The husband could die before she dies. Okay, Ella Ema. So well, that won't be over her head her whole life. The husband could die before her. Ella Ema, fine. Switch it. All of your life ain't decreases because then it's over her head her whole life. If the husband says all my life, or Chayiploni, a Ruvain's life, Haraiza Krisus, it is, because it won't necessarily constantly be hanging overhead. Now, the funniest thing is that the Gemara had to revise it, because it actually makes a lot of sense that if he says all of my life, it's also considered eternally linking her. Because if it needs him to die for her not to be for her to be free of the condition then the get never frees her because his death also would have made her permissible as an almana so for the get to have any meaning to divorce her being anything less than a widow it would have to be able to be effective when they were both alive and it would not you're not a hangover head. so Tzadzad actually quotes a different Gemara that actually is, says that essentially says if he says as long as I live or as long as you live it's not creasy it says as long, it, 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 the, the, the condition is binding as long as some stranger lives it is creases because the stranger could die and the two of us could still be alive but for some reason this Gemara says that only if it's phrased as as long as you live is it not creases anything else theoretically is I've got to tell you it makes, the first position made a lot more sense to me yes yeah, like, do, you, do you wonder at all the Gemara sometimes is so willing to entertain mm-hmm. obviously flawed you know, sort of positions and they have to revise it. I mean, like yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Okay. Yeah. Rather, okay, yeah. I understand the husband has a choice to give the get, right? And right. But how does he have a choice to... Um, um, control the behavior of another person. Well, again, I think that the only way to look, all these Gemaras, I mean, I appreciate you raising it. If Rifka were here, Alashim, she would be, have, you know, made us, you know, much more uh, uh, conscious about this. All of these things are obviously deeply problematic because as a husband, it's like, as you say, it's not enough that he has the whole power of the act of giving divorce, but he continues to control her even after the divorce is given. It's like, how far do you want his control to go? You know, the only way to at least understand how we can even tolerate this is as we said before that it's a case that she's not entitled to sue for divorce if he were entitled to sue for divorce right he was mistreating her um, there was some objective basis that she could not remain married to him that we recognized he wasn't able to provide her kids you know some type of a thing like that um, then and she, she could sue for divorce then we wouldn't let him make a condition but if she can't sue for divorce so again the, the model you have to look at it as is somebody asking for a divorce in a you know in like in, in a society in which they own you can only get a divorce in cases of fault right so in that case if one partner is saying I want a divorce and the other is saying no you're not I'm not going to give it to you and you can't sue for divorce because I didn't do anything you know wrong there's a, it's a no fault case you know there was no fault here then you could say well I'll tell you what I'll give you a divorce under this and this condition you know so that's so that's at least a way to understand that um, but you know when she can sue for divorce you can't make those conditions but the problem with it is, it's all very nice if that would be worked in two directions, right? And if he would want to get, then she would be in a position, a posi- and she wouldn't want to give it, if she'd be in a position to make her conditions, then we could say, fine, if either side wants to get it and the other doesn't want to give it and there's no fault, then they can make whatever stipulations they want. But what, of course, is just so deeply problematic here is, no, from his perspective, it's a no-fault divorce. As soon as he gets tired with her, he just gives her the get. From her perspective, if she wants it and he's not interested in giving it, she might have to agree to all these crazy conditions, right? So I agree with you. It's like, yeah, it's a deeply troubling. It heightens the fact that his, the unilateral power, and that when it plays out this way, he continues to have power even after the divorce. Yeah. So what's uh, the progressive dimension here? That she could even ask for a divorce in the first place? There's, n- there's no progressive dimension <laughs> here. <laughs> yeah, not, not in this case. Okay. Yeah, that's a very big yeah. question, but how do, uh, where do we get... Is it from the Torah that only the making of the divorce? Is it from the well, the Torah only describes the case of the husband giving the divorce. Okay. Okay. You know? 
So one wonders, right? You know, because according to the Rambam, whenever the Rambam says that, you know, um, <laughs> that this rule that a later basin cannot override the interpretation of an earlier basin only applies by like rabbinic edicts, but by Rabbi's interpretation of Torah law, the Rambam actually says that uh, a later basin can override an earlier one if you have like a central basin, a basin Hagado, which is pretty fascinating, which really shows how, you know, modern the Rambam was. Rambam understood that you could have a development of Torah Shabbat Tev, way that w- one thing the Torah law meant at an earlier generation does not have to be what it would meant at a later generation, as long as you're dealing with a central authority, like the Supreme Court can interpret the Constitution one way and then, you know, a hundred years later interpret it another way. So, anyway, so, you know, if we ever get back a base in Agado, you know, it's interesting, like, you know, like the people that are, have these movements to reinstitute the Sanhedrin, right? Like, why do they want to do it? But some people are like, you know, we can reinstitute the Sanhedrin, we can reinterpret all these do the laws. So, you know, <laughs> maybe we'll go back and say, you know what? It says, or something like that. <laughs> Completely reverse the whole thing. But okay. Anyway, we'll have to see. We'll have to see if that ever happens. <laughs> what? That the Rambam in Hilchus Mamrim Parakset. I mean, it's based on... Uh, yeah, but he basically says that when it comes to a Doraisa, basin can reinterpret. Okay. By me, um, okay. Second wide line here. By me, Rabbi Rav Nachman, Rabbi Asher Rav Nachman, Hayom Iat Ishti, Ulamachar At Ishti. Let's say he wants to make it, if you can split it like vertically, maybe you can split it horizontally, you know, according to Rabbi Eliezer. So if you can say you're divorced, you're not my wife vis a vis everybody, but you are my wife vis a vis Ruve. And let's say he says, Today you're not my wife vis a vis anyone, but starting but starting tomorrow you'll become my wife again. This is a one day get, okay? <laughs> so it expires at the end of today. Okay, Mahu, what's Allah? I don't know. Tibail Rebeliazer, Tibail Rabbanan, you could ask it either way. Tibail Rebeliazer, you could ask going to Rebeliazer. Ad kan lo kam Rebeliazer hasam. When can you say that you divided in one way? Ela dilamant kashari sharli olam dilamant that kashari la olam that at least for the persons that he is divorced, he she you know she's permitted to that she stops being my wife vis a vis everyone else that remains that way for forever. So one guy she's still my wife forever, and everybody else she's not my wife forever. So that works for him. Um, but here not like here you're turning it on and off for the same group of people what do you say no if you can divide it one way you can divide it the other way you could ask according to the rabbis maybe I could say when did the rabbis disagree with Rebbe Eliezer um, when, when did they say that you know if they're, and actually here's the way it works for the rabbis meaning when did the rabbis say that if she tried to say it doesn't work at all why does it not work at all when you say because you're never completely severing your wife from you here since the husband severed his wife from her, from him fully, at least for one day, then once she severed, it remains severed. Meaning, normally when we say it, no, it's no good, we mean it's not a get. But you're actually saying something different. We're saying, does it work, according to Rabbi Eliezer, like it's a get today and it stops being a get tomorrow, because Rabbi Eliezer allows you to divide things in funny ways. Or the opposite argument, is when the rabbis say Chutz Meruven doesn't work at all, here it'll work 100%. Why it'll work 100%? Because once it takes effect today, it doesn't stop taking effect tomorrow. Once the full divorce occurred, that's it. End of story. Even though you said you wanted it to, to stop working tomorrow. And the Gemara says, after the question was raised, they realized the answer was, it makes sense, whether Rebbe Leezer or the rabbis, in this case, if she's 100% divorced from me today, then she remains divorced from me for the rest of her life. Okay, you can't change that once that state takes effect. All right, Tanu Rabbanah. Top of paid alam dollars. Harayze gitech. Hi Michael, thank you for yesterday. Harayze gitech almanas shetinasi leploni. Harayze lotinase. Inises lotetse. Here's your get. I'm obviously almanas shetinasi leploni. So now we're going to make it a little bit stranger, a little different. Here's your get on the condition that you do marry Ruvain. It only takes effect if you marry Ruvain. Now listen for a minute about what the effect is, because you remember that the rabbis argued on Rebbe Eliezer even when he said almanas, even when he said a condition, on the condition that you don't marry so-and-so. And even though in theory you weren't uh, changing the nature of the, of, the, of, the, of the divorce, in practice you made it impossible for her to marry a certain man, and that was a problem. Well, here you say on the condition you do marry Ruvain. So you could say, okay, 
fine. So you've, you, you haven't made it impossible for me to marry anybody, except you have. Because now she can't marry anybody else. She marries anybody else, she'll never wind up marrying Ruvain. And then, right? So how will that work? But let's see what it says. It says, on the condition you do marry Ruvain. All right. So then we'll look at that. Hareza Lotina says she shouldn't marry. And if she gets married, she shouldn't get divorced. My comma, what does that mean? Who shouldn't she marry? So I'm a Rav Nachman. Here's what it means. Hareza Lotina say lo. Don't marry, if you, if, Ruvain, if you say, on the condition you marry Ruvain, she should not fulfill the condition. She should not go and marry Ruvain. Why? People will say that they're swapping wives, right? Ruvain says, on the condition you marry Shimon, and Shimon divorces his wife on the condition you marry Ruvain, and they manage to swap wives, okay? But the Imni says, if she did marry Shimon, in that case, let's say Ruvain said, on the condition you marry Shimon, so the Imni says, excuse me, she married another guy rotates a why not because the way it's reading it now it's reading it in a radical way because it's saying because we find this condition so like morally repulsive we are basically going to just strike it from the books and therefore we're going to say not only don't marry Shimon but we're ignoring don't marry because we're, we're, we're throwing out the condition go marry somebody else okay so at least if you are married to somebody else we'll let you stay married we're just throwing the condition out so the says one minute just because you're concerned that it looks like wife swapping how can you throw out the condition and let her marry some other man if the condition isn't met she's never divorced from her original husband here's what it means no no we're not going to let her marry some other man don't marry Lo don't marry Shimon and if she did marry Shimon then we're not going to force her to get divorced from Shimon I mean we don't like the Tanai but in the end of the day the Tanai was satisfied she was divorced from her husband so because she married Shimon she can stay married to Shimon because of this what it looks like we're not going to get for her to get divorced. Okay, that's a reasonable read. Don't marry Shimon. We don't like the Tanai, but if you marry Shimon, stay married to him. So I'm going to say, Rava said back to this, one minute. So why does it just say, don't marry Shimon? You think she can marry some other guy? How could she marry some other guy? She'll maybe never be able to satisfy her Tanai. Right? If she marries some other guy, she'll maybe never get a chance to marry Shimon. And then retroactively, she'll have always been married to her husband. Now you'll say one minute. Maybe she could satisfy her tonight. Maybe she gets married to some other guy today. Eventually she'll get divorced from him and go back and marry Shimon. So the Gemara says, um, and you would think to compare this to the debate, the, the position who argues on Rabbi Yehuda. What's this position? What does this mean? The Itmar was taught. My eyes are forbidden on me for, for sleep today if I sleep tomorrow. So meaning, if I go to sleep tomorrow, then it will have been forbidden for me to sleep today. Okay? You got that? If I sleep tomorrow, it'll be forbidden. So what should I do? So... So, the smart thing to do, well, let's see, Rebuda says the smart thing to do. Go to sleep tomorrow. The smart thing to do is get a Hatara, right. Don't sleep today. Try not to sleep today. If you succeed in not sleeping today, then even if you fall asleep tomorrow, you won't have violated. Because if you fall asleep tomorrow, you'll only violate if you slept today. Okay, if you don't succeed, he doesn't say this, but I'll spell it out. And if you didn't succeed in not falling asleep today, and you fell asleep today, at least you'll have a second chance tomorrow because if you don't fall asleep tomorrow the tonight won't be triggered give yourself your maximum options okay if you don't fall asleep today it doesn't matter if you trigger the tonight tomorrow and if you don't fall asleep today just try not to trigger the tonight tomorrow that's what he says okay um, Rav Nachman Rav Nachman responds and says no 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 I'm not concerned I trust you <laughs> go ahead and sleep today and just make sure not to trigger the tonight just make sure tomorrow to stay awake the Choshim I'm not concerned. So what do we see? We see that it's, an, it's a nice comparison. We see that Rav Nachman says, you can go ahead and do something that would be a violation and I, and I will trust you to make sure that the condition is met that doesn't, so, that, so that the problem isn't triggered. Not parallel case. Why is it not parallel case, Michael? Me, 
reasons. Well, first of all, the most one day where the marriage will last for a lot longer. But more than that. Even more so, it's in your hands before it's Exactly. In one case, I can at least have the power, maybe it's not 100% certain, but I can drink a lot of coffee and whatever, and I have the power to do, it's at least in my control, to, to work, to, to try to ensure that I won't fall asleep tomorrow. If this woman gets married to another guy, lives with him, has kids or whatever, what's she going to do to ensure that she'll be able to eventually marry Ruvain, right? Mm-hmm. N- you know, nothing, right? How does she know her husband will divorce her? Her husband and, and even if her husband does divorce her, Ruvain might die. Even if Ruvain doesn't die, Ruvain might not want to marry her. How is this in her control? I get that, but she's just as tied to fatigue as she is to her husband. All right, fine. So the Gemara says like this, what type of comparison is that? It's in his control in the sleeping case. If he wants to, he could just scrape himself with like thorns, you know? He could like uh, do what he needs to do to stay awake, stay under a cold shower or something. The low Neumann, he won't fall asleep. Can she get herself divorced? And even if she can't get herself, and even if she could, could she get herself married to the other guy? So this doesn't make sense. How would we let her marry a stranger? If and presume that she'll be able to satisfy the Tanai. So Elamarov Rav says, here's the only way you can read this bright up. Don't marry Shimon because it looks like your wife swapping. And don't marry somebody else, because then you might never be able to marry Shimon and you'll have been di- and, and you'll have never been divorced. Okay? One minute. Lolo right, because it says Lotinase blanketly. Right, good point. Lolo Lola Acher. Lotinase don't marry Shimon even though it satisfies the tonight and it makes you divorced because they'll say that it's, uh, that it's wife swapping and don't marry somebody else because you'll never you can't be sure you'll be able to satisfy the tonight and maybe vis-a-vis somebody else you won't even be divorced at all if you married Shimon we won't force you to get divorced because there the tonight was met it was a good get. We won't make you leave just because it looks like wife swapping. But vis-a-vis some other person, you do have to get divorced. To buy cumulative tonight because we can't be certain that you'll be able to satisfy the tonight and then it's most likely you won't be able to or reasonably you won't be able to and then this will all be adultery. The kids will be mamzerim. We can't let this case happen. We talk like Rava. The Nisais, but if she does marry low to the guy, to Shimon, that which she was supposed to marry, low takes say. She cannot, does not get divorced, but Akhar takes somebody else she does. Now, all that makes a lot of sense. In general, one could generalize it to a case where a guy made a condition on a woman on a condition that's not in her hands to control, right? Let's say somebody said, this is your get, um, I don't know, um, unless, right, well, no, we're going to get to that. That's not able, that's not, not, that's, not in, that's not under one's power, that's impossible. But let's say somebody said, you know, this is your get um, on the condition that, I don't know, like, you know, um, um, you know, the, uh, the, you know, the, the Mets win the uh, World Series sometimes in the next decade, right? So, you know, I, uh, <laughs> so until that happens, she can't get married. Or if he said that, you know, right? So until that it happens, we wouldn't let her get married because then, you know, it might happen, it might not happen, but actively she'll have been married and the kids will be mom's rim. So, you know, it's another place where he can, like, keep his claws into her and she isn't even able to make sure she just has to wait for the time to run out you know or for the condition to be met in circumstances beyond her control now the other thing that's very interesting about this is that this has the effect of um, of making it impossible for her to get married, right? If he basically says, you know, you have to marry Shimon. First, it makes it impossible for her to marry anybody um, except Shimon. And according to the Rabbanan, she can't even marry Shimon. But certainly, but even putting that aside, even say that we let her marry Shimon, right? It certainly makes her forbidden in principle, forbidden to marry anybody else, right? So how is that different than when you say, I'm a not that you don't marry Shimon, where the rabbi says, since that has the effect of making, even though in principle the garrison is complete, since in practice one person she can't marry, it's not like a full divorce. So here, it's even worse than that. It's most people 
she can't marry. Sure. So why do we say it's a good divorce? Why don't we say that that's a type of tznai that gets to the heart? But forget it's a string. It's not an external string, like you can never drink wine. It's something that gets to the heart of what is the nature of the divorce. She's not free to marry most men. So why isn't this like Almanat that you don't marry Ruvain? So there could be two answers. One answer could be because Almanat that you don't marry Ruvain is something that's like for forever. Right here, at least in theory, even though we can't control it, in theory, she can marry Shimon, get a divorce from Shimon, and then be free to marry other men. Okay, so, you know, get a quickie divorce from the guy. It says, I'm not that you marry Shimon, not that you stay married to Shimon. So, in theory, right, she could manipulate it, like, if he gets paid Shimon enough money or whatever, he could marry her, divorce, and then she could be free. So, maybe it doesn't have that same permanent thing. But the other thing might just be a a, a sort of like a, a framing issue. And Tosa says this. Tosa says, if it's stipulated on the condition you don't marry Ruvain, then that not only has the effect of not freeing her completely, but it's explicitly done in a way that says it, it, it should not fully be effective. It should not do what it's supposed to do. Whereas if she says on the condition that you do marry Shimon, right, even though the result of it is, is that she can't marry other men because she might never be able to satisfy, you know, whatever the condition, okay, it's not framed in a way that restricts her marriage. And therefore, it's somehow not seen as problematic. But nevertheless, okay, it is deeply disturbing, right? He's done this thing which practically makes it impossible, you know, for her to get married, at least as long as Ruvain is alive. But again, you know, you could say that in terms of like any condition that's out of her hand, right? Uh, like I said, on the condition that, you know, on um, the condition that, I don't know, life is discovered on Mars or something like that, right? So, well, you know, why don't you say, I mean, okay, again, you know, we could talk about possible, not possible, but the point is, like, there's a lot of things that could be, make it impossible for her to marry because she never knows if the condition will be met. And that's not considered to be not fully freeing her. Explicitly saying, I'm not that you don't marry Ruvain, that doesn't fully free her. But saying, I'm not some other thing, which has the effect of not allowing her to marry, marry some guy because the condition might never be met, that's not considered to be a fundamental problem. Maybe she's old and maybe she doesn't want to get remarried. So in that case, you know, right. she's okay with that condition, right? Um, uh, wait, I'm not that you marry Ruvain? Um... Why she still has to marry Ruben? If that never happens, right? Then she, then right? Yeah. So it's a real problem here because here you have a condition that basically effectively makes it impossible for her to get married, right? Or certainly until some until the condition is met, which it might never be met. Okay, it's possible Ruben will die. It's possible Ruben will marry her and divorce her. But until those things happen, like she's completely bound. Yes. Yeah. No, that's an interesting question. Let's say Ruben does die, and then she's not. I mean, she didn't get married to him. Oh, that's a good point. Oh, you're right. When it says now, that's an excellent point. It's not on the condition you don't marry Ruvain, on the condition you do marry Ruvain. So if Ruvain dies, right. That's actually an excellent point. So this is actually something that the only way it'll work is if she actually, you know, can get Ruvain to marry. The only way it can work and then make her permissible for other people is if Ruvain, she can get Ruvain to marry her and divorce her. So, and even so, we say in principle that's still a good get. Like, you know, even though the, the degree to which it really frees her is minuscule. So you given know. her experience with guests, I mean, come on. All, all <laughs> I mean, listen, Lumen's going to put some right. crazy conditions on all, all these, all these examples in this, in, in the sugya is, is an exploration of how a get can be given and create an agun at the same time. Exactly. So That's a good way of saying it. Yes. What do you think about Bashir? That's all? Well, yeah, I think he's not here till 8.30. Yeah, yeah. So these days, like, what, what would we do in terms of the modern stuff? Let's say a guy did this. Would we, like, you know, say it's okay? Or would we, like, we really force him to change? Again, if we're already forcing a get, you know, or trying to get a get, obviously we don't, well, these conditions, you know. Um, these conditions are when he, uh, when there was nothing that was compelling him to give a get. If he's being compelled. No, people just refuse. They don't make crazy conditions. Well, it's not explicitly One presumes that even that, that Ruvain is not just a random person. Right. I had a relationship before. Right. Or, unless Osman is just trying to torture her. Right. Yeah. Right. And Ruvain is somebody she completely hates. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it says I'm right. You know, yeah. Ruvain's a little kid or something. Right. Who knows? Now, I, 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 I want to read you just, I, I just love this logical question that Tosos asks. I won't read you the answer, but I want to read you this question. Look at Tosos. Tosos says like this. Um, 
Tosha says the following. Let's see if we can do this. He says, um, "I'm not." The question, like, can she get herself So it doesn't like this. One minute. She can't ensure that she'll marry Ruvain, right? So in that case, meaning, here's what Tosha says. How does she ever get married? To, if he says on the condition you marry Ruvain, right, the Mar discusses the possibility well, if she gets married to Shimon, she can't get divorced from him. She don't know she can get divorced from him to go back to marry Ruvain. So it just says, one minute, if she's getting married to Shimon right now, with this condition over her head, she's not married to Shimon. Why? Because Shimon says, well, why is that binding? As long as the condition hasn't been met, and she hasn't yet married Ruvain, she's still a married woman. So the Kedushin for Shimon is never binding. So those guys like, figure these things out. Like, when this Tanai is all ha- hanging over her head, and it's not in her control to satisfy it, you fundamentally, do you consider her an, uh, still married, or do you consider her divorced on condition? So says, I would consider her still married, right? Because until this Tanai, which she can't control this she's still married to her first husband so she never marries Shimon so Shimon wouldn't have to give her a get if she got married to Shimon she'd just leave Shimon and go, and go ahead and marry Ruvain and satisfy the condition of course as soon as she marries Ruvain if she walked away from Shimon without a get Shimon said so walks away from Shimon without a get and marries Ruvain and satisfies the condition then what happens so she satisfied the condition so retroactively she was divorced so therefore she was married to Shimon so she needs a get from Shimon so <laughs> anyway, Tosa starts having a fun time with that. What? I know, I know. I just thought it was a great question. All right, but anyway, you'll, you can look at Tosa if you're interested for the answer. Tana Rabbanan. Okay, Harezegiteh. Here's Dove's case. Let's say he says something not just that she can't control, but that is impossible to be done. On the condition that you go up to heaven. Right, exactly. You go down to the depths. You swallow, you do sword swallowing, you swallow a stick of four amot. Or you bring me a, a, yeah, a, a stick, a hundred amot long. Or that you cross over the Mediterranean with on your legs. Walk on the water. Ain't no get. It's not a get. Because uh, she's bound by a condition, even a condition that's impossible to be satisfied. No, because they get. That's a get. Because the condition, a condition that can't be met is not a condition. Okay. Any condition that cannot be satisfied at the end is impossible to ever be satisfied. It was stipulated at the outset that it must be met. It's just like, you know, exaggerating, putting her off, and it's kosher. We do not recognize that as a legitimate what, snide. What, what was he trying to do? I don't understand. What is he doing? He's trying to make her... You want to get? Fine. Here's your get. If you go up to heaven, it'll be your get. So he's trying to just, you know, make her miserable. But now you could say... Though. Now, of course, what you could say, what Michael's saying is, if that's true, that what he really needs is he doesn't want to give her the get. Yeah. Right. Okay. But he's just saying, you know, it's sort of like, you know, masakayim yitznobotel. This doesn't satisfy. As Tosin says, you know, Tosin can't understand why anybody would disagree. This, why don't we just say this is not like Tanai B'nei Gad of B'nei Ruvain creates all these formal requirements that certainly just throw out something that's absurd. How could anybody think this is a real Tanai? So that's at least what Rebbe Yudah ben, ben, ben uh, who is it, Tema says. Okay. Um, now, Amar Rav Nachman Amar Rav, Halach Rebbe Yudah ben Tema, we rule that way. Amar Rav Nachman Bar Yitzhak, Masnisi Namidika, our Mishnah also implies, now not our Mishnah, it's actually a Mishnah Baba Metziah. The Tani, the Mishnah Babatiyah says, any condition that eventually could be satisfied and is stipulated, it's binding. If it's impossible to be satisfied, we can obviously infer, it's not a binding condition. That's a good point. Okay, now we want to know the scope of what does it mean, impossible to be satisfied. They raise the question. This is your get on the condition that you eat chazer. Is it a good get? And as long, if she violates chazer, it'll be binding. So Amar Baye, or I mean, is it a good snai if he has to eat chazer, or do we throw out the snai? Amar Baye. 
he, he, it's the same halacha, and we throw out the tznai, it's not something that she can do, I mean, she physically can do it, but it's not something she, here's the difference between can and may, it's something she can do, not something she may do, and therefore we throw out the tznai, and the get is good regardless. He, he. Rav Amar, no, Efshar de'achle v'lakia, no, she, she not, she's not allowed to do it, but she could do it and get malchus, and therefore it's a binding condition, and it's not a good get until, unless she, unless she eats the chazer. Rabaye klal for baye. Wow. For Baye, when it says this is the general rule, okay, anything that can be, that cannot be satisfied, so what's the point of the general rule? Lasuri basar chazir. So basar chazir, anything that cannot be satisfied, which includes even something like this, which physically can be done, but is not permitted to be done. Rava, Rava says, no, kazeh, when Rabbi Yudah ben Tema says, like this is not a good tenai, he means something like this that's totally, that's physically impossible, that's not a good tenai. But something like eating chazer, which is physically possible, just not permissible, that would be a good tonight. Okay. They say, let's see if we can challenge it. We have a brighter that says, Where do they come then? That Amr Rabbi Rabbi Amr which was Amr where was it? Kazeget Klal Amar. It says Kazeget, and then it says Klal. Like this is a get. Here's my general rule. So general rule sounds like you're including other things. Like this sounds only cases exactly like this. Okay. Meisha, I'll ask you this. This is your get on the condition that you have sex with so and so. If she does it, it's a good get. Vimlav is not anal get. Now, I'm not shalot. Now, some people take out this next line. We'll read it. I'm not shalot to Bali the Abu Lavich. Ain choshim shemanivala lehem. On the condition that you don't have sex with uh, my father or your father, so we're not concerned that she might have sex with them. Okay, and therefore it's uh, it's a good get, and you don't have to worry that the tonight will be violated. So the Gemara says, Ve'ilu, why didn't it give the case similar to on the condition you do have sex with Ruvain? Why didn't it say, Amanat shetibali la'abu lavich loktani? What if he said, he said on the condition you do have sex with uh, my father or your father? Would that be a binding condition? That we didn't say. We only said on the condition you had sex with some strange, with some other guy. So it sounds like if you said that, sex with my father or your father, it would not be a binding condition. Why not? Because that's not permissible. So that sounds consistent to Abai. If you said, on the condition you have sex with my father, on the condition you have sex with your father, right, that is a violation. That's not permissible. And therefore, we did not give that as a case of a good condition because we would just throw out the condition. Okay? So, for it's good. Something like that is not a binding condition. For Rav, it's difficult. So, Rav will tell you, no. No, no, there's a difference. The reason then on the condition that you have sex with, you know, your father is not a binding t'nai, is not just because it's a violation. Something that's a violation that's all for me to choose whether or not to do, okay, I'm not supposed to do it, but I could do it, so it's considered to be that the t'nai is binding. I can choose to eat the chazer and get lashes. Ploni nami, or on the condition you sleep with this guy, this random guy, you could pay him, and maybe he doesn't want to do it, but, you know, maybe he could be convinced to do it. Okay. But the case of the father, how can she get her father to do this violation even if she wanted to? Okay. She might choose to do it. Okay. But how do you know they didn't get to do it? So basically, it's that if you combine the two things, that not only is it prohibited, but it's prohibited on, on, on somebody else, that's considered to be impossible. Okay. Something that I physically could do, it's possible for me to choose to do, even if it entails in violation, that's considered a tonight that po- it could possibly be done and is a binding tonight. But somebody that, something that is, that is for somebody else to do a violation, then we're not going to present, we're going to assume, like, that's out of your hand. Now, a normal condition that's out of my hand, we already looked at, is binding. Right? On the condition, you know, like, look, you know, because, but something else that's out of your hands, you know, it's, it's the combination of being out of your hands and a violation. And that puts it in the realm of impossibility. That's seen as enough impossible to ask somebody else to do a violation is something that is not seen as something that's, you know, possible, 
It's not just that you're not in control. It's not seen as possible. It's the combination of those two. And therefore, it's not a nine That does get thrown out. Yes. So that's what it says. No, no, pig meat is not. Pig meat is a simple law. But it does not make that difference. If you said on the condition that you're Mechalel Shabbat, presumably that would be a binding condition, you know? Right? So it could have said the weight of the violation, but it didn't. It made it the fact that it was somebody else's was being asked to violate. Right? But presumably the weight, if it was all up to you, you eat Chametz on Pesach and you violate Shabbat or whatever, presumably that would be a binding condition and she'd be stuck. Okay? I mean, talk about, you know, torturing somebody, right? Fine. You want to get? Here's your get. All you have to do is be Mechalel Shabbos. Right? So, okay. Um... Okay. So, Save a life, maybe. Huh? What? <laughs> yeah. So, oh, that doesn't count as Chilul Shabbos. That was a mitzvah. Okay. So anyway, so now the Gemara says, now we found something that even Rava would say is physically possible, but to consider to be not possible. So the Gemara says, okay. Um, okay. So the Rava Kla, when we see a general rule, anything that's not doable is a Tznai that's thrown out. That means it doesn't have to be physically impossible. I will include some other cases, like asking the father to do the sin. That would not, that would not, that would be considered impossible. That's included in a tznai that we throw out. Um, Kazet, only like this, is a, is a, is a tznai we throw out. We mute basar chazir, to exclude a simple case of a violation. A simple case of a violation is a good tznai. So the, we both have a broadening of it. So the time we throw out include a case of asking somebody else to sin, but the time that we that are lit, that remain legitimate is if it's just asking you to sin. So we say anything that's like not possible we throw out includes even a simple violation, even just to eat pig meat, right? That's considered not possible. That's a tzna that's thrown out. So kazeh. So what's kazeh? What's the type of tznai that we do include, even though we might have thought we wouldn't include it? Limute ploni. To say that if you say on the condition you have sex with this other guy, right, that you might think, oh, that's not a tznai. Uh, how are you going to get the other guy to agree? But no, it's not a violation or whatever. It's not. Uh, it's interesting. It's not exploring the question of whether it's being done beheter or beisser in marriage or outside of marriage or whatever. But that maybe can be done at least bederhet or not with a serious violation and you just pay the guy the money or whatever. You convince him. So that is a considered a doable t'nai. But anything that involves Rabbi any violation, even if it's something that's just asking you to violate, that's not considered doable and we throw that out. Okay? May say. Let's cha- see if we can bring a challenge to this. Here we have a brighter that deals exactly with this case. Here's your get on the condition that you eat chazer. Um, if she was a non-Kohen, okay, Zara, what a vote is, oh no, Zara, non-Kohen, like a Zara, Here's a condition, get on the condition you eat truma. If she was a Nazir, So anyway, any type of a violation, what does the Tosef have to say the Allah is? If the condition is met, it's a get, and if it's not, it's not. So you see, a condition like that is considered a binding condition. So the Rava Nichad is good according to Rava. Rava says, if it's physically possible, even if it's a violation, it's a binding condition. But for Abayi, it's difficult. Abayi says that that's not a binding condition. So Amalek Abayi, will say to you, no, who said that Tosef is everybody? Right? Remember, the person who says only, it was only Rabbi Yehuda Ben Tema that said that an impossible condition is thrown out. The rabbis say even an impossible condition is binding and then you're just stuck. So who said that bright is everybody? Hamani Rabbani. That's the rabbis who say that even an impossible condition is binding. But for Rabbi Yehuda Ben Tema, that would be thrown out. Okay, so the Gemara says, the tapuk lay the masamash kasevatorhi. So now the Gemara has a different question. One minute. How can we? The rabbis might say a normal impossible condition is thrown out. Okay, but that's if I say you go up to heaven. But here I'm not just saying an impossible condition. I'm asking you to violate. And if I'm stipulating against Torah law, then we normally say if you're masamach kasevatorhi, it's not obatel. We just throw the condition out. So according to the rabbis, right, even if an impossible condition, they say, is still a condition, a condition that basically stipulates that you have to violate, that should just be, you know, because it's running constant. that's just, in a way, it's like the flip, you know, 
Rubber was, you know, Abayu, you know, uh, you know, Rubber was saying, well, it's just violating. It's not impossible. It's still a binding condition. Here the Gemara is saying, no, there's something more offensive to the legal system to be making a stipulation that demands that the law be violated than just as something that's absurd. So something can be absurd can be a binding condition that will never be met. But something that's demanding that the law be violated, that should just be thrown out. So you could ask that according to, you know, Rava, you could ask that according to the Tosefta, according to the Rabbanan or whatever. Any position that says Amanat Shatokli Basar Chazir is a binding violation, why don't we just say, you know, that stipulating violation of the law, that should just be rejected. Masa Okay. So, I'm a Ravada about Braid Rav Ika. No. Kiamina Masa Mashikazabatora Tsnobata. When do we say that? Um. Uh, no, 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 no. You, you misunderstand. We don't say that if you say on the condition you do a violation, we throw out the tnai. That's not what masa mashikasapatara means. Masa mashikasapatara means you're trying to change the nature of a Torah institution. What does that mean? I'm trying to say, you are my wife, but I do not have the biblical obligations to you share ksuta no not to provide clothing or regular you know sex at regular intervals or whatever or right or you know you're my wife but you, you, there should no be, not be even with my brother-in-law or no that was a different thing but, or um, I will sell you this uh, I, I will lend you this money on the condition that we're not bound by laws of ribbon right so in that type of a case you're not stipulating that somebody violates you're not saying if you violate that'll make this thing binding that's not what my, and then we that's not what Masna Machazukazukazukazukazukazukazukazukazukazukazukazukazukazukazukazukazukazukazukazukazukazukazukazukazukazukazukazukazukazukazukazukazukazukazukazukazukazukazukazukazukazukazukazukazukazukazukazukazuk